Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Welcome to another episode of Through the Corporate Glass. I'm your host Ashwini. Going to graduate school and starting your career in the industry are both monumental career choices. In this episode, we have with us Eric Vandevodi and Karen Hull, who will share insights on how they help students make these choices. They have a front row seat to the decision process. The challenges, the outcomes of the career choices that their graduate students make and this is what makes their perspective even more valuable. Eric is a director of the Professional Engineering Masters program in the College of Engineering at Purdue University and Karen's a graduate program manager for the same program. Welcome to our podcast Karen and Eric. Thanks so much Ashwini. Thank you for having us. Could you give us a brief introduction to the professional engineering masters program? Absolutely, Ashwini. So, the Master of Engineering Management program at Purdue University is an industry-oriented graduate program. What we're doing is preparing students for careers as technical leaders across a wide range of sectors and roles. It's a very diverse group. In fact, our fall cohort coming in has students representing 15 or 16 different countries. Students join with prior industry experience and also directly from undergraduate. We accomplish that objective of helping students move into leadership roles through a focus on applied learning, providing a flexible and also multidisciplinary curriculum. And I think perhaps most importantly, offering you know, individual personalized mentorship and guidance for our students. Taking a multidisciplinary approach to problem solving and dealing with diverse groups of people are both the need of the hour in the industry. So I'm glad the students are already exposed to that in your program. Once they do join the program, what are some of the challenges that the students experience? Well, I think one of the challenges Eric touched on it earlier, Purdue's Master of Engineering Management program offers a tremendous amount of flexibility. Have access to any engineering discipline within the College of Engineering, and they can choose coursework from a combination of disciplines if they wish. Students have the ability to pursue a six to 12 month industry experience, or they can accelerate through their coursework and graduate within one year. Typically, undergraduate programs in engineering are quite structured, and sometimes the flexibility and the associated uncertainty at the start of the degree is stressful for our incoming students. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally understand that. Sometimes too much choice isn't really a good thing. It, It just ends up being extremely confusing. I remember facing that when I moved to the U.S. and went to a supermarket for the first time. So... (laughs) (laughs) I can understand that. So so how do you guide your uh, students through this path and help them gain clarity? We're developing very close professional relationships with each of our students, even before they arrive on campus at Purdue. We're seeking to understand their goals and encourage them to take things one semester at a time rather than trying to plan out their entire degree from the start. That enables them to take um, full benefit of the flexibility. I think that that sounds like a great idea. I I think that could be valuable life advice too. So (laughs) 
Another challenge that we, we sometimes see our students struggle with is um, trying to make decisions about coursework based on which classes they think will help them secure a co-op or a full-time position. I think there's sometimes a belief by incoming students that if they have certain courses on their resume, that this is going to pave the way for job offers. And really, we counsel our students that this approach is, is far less fruitful than selecting courses that are aligning with their academic interests and then crafting their personal story about why they choose those courses, what they learn from those courses, and the knowledge that positions them to add value to their employer's business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more because I think focusing on buzzwords essentially means that you're gaining skills more than knowledge that's going to last a longer period of time. That resonates with me for sure. I know that your program's really well known for having an individual approach to mentoring and basically offering personalized attention and advice so when it comes to job opportunities, how do you actually help each student through this? Because each person would have some unique strengths, which they might be able to leverage. And how do you actually help students through this? Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you've asked that because I think that's really sort of a, a core central element. It's really starting for us with relationship building. That might sound a bit odd to mention for a, a graduate program at a high caliber institution, but for us, we're an intentionally or smaller program so that we can develop those relationships. Uh, that's about getting to know our students. It's about listening. It's about asking questions. So a lot of it really is just approaching each student as an individual, trying to understand what their goals are and, and how we can help them, you know, get from A to B. More specifically, we're accomplishing that through some of our professional development seminars and, and trainings, various self-assessments that we offer to our students, helping students also build relationships with one another and expand their network that way. But ultimately, a lot of it just has to come down to the communication element and, and the relationship and trust building. I've always really appreciated that about both of you and also about the program, because it's very rare to find people who are genuinely interested in a student's career growth. Since you did mention a diverse pool and people coming from different uh, backgrounds, potentially wanting to pursue different paths going out of the graduate program, how do you manage interactions with different industries, exposing them to industries that they might be better fits for and helping them through those choices? Yeah, wonderful. That's a great question too. There's a lot of intrinsic interactions with differences. And I mean that in the best sense possible. If you're working on a case study, let's say in one of your courses, and you've got team members from four or five different countries, and, and each of those team members have studied a different technical discipline for their undergrad, and then maybe they've worked in a different uh, sector or company before joining. That's a rich environment, and I think that really helps rapid learning occur as a result of that just one team experience with one class. And then we, we multiply that over involvement in student organizations over the industry co-op experience, the other nine courses of this curriculum. And all of a sudden you've got a lot of these overlapping circles from this one Venn diagram that have really expanded how you solve problems, how you communicate, how you think, how you partner with others. 
And ultimately, you know, that exposure to those ideas results in your growth. I think for getting connected to different industries and, and a wide range of fields, we really coach our students in how to reach out to others. And so approach a stranger through LinkedIn, make a connection with a faculty member, figure out a way through one of your professional organizations to, to set up that conversation proactively so that you can talk to people that do the jobs that you want to do and that work for the companies where you want to work. I guess there's uh, always this tussle between financial incentives and your true passion that you'd like to pursue. So have you ever seen students actually struggling to make a choice between these two and have you had to guide them through it? Yes. So definitely we've seen students struggle with this. And certainly in our professional development seminars, we have one where we focus on exploring values and what are your personal values. Yes, money is important, but what else is important to you? Values such as balance, potential for growth, sustainability, diversity, the ability to be creative. These can and should also guide career choices for our students. What types of things do you enjoy doing? What interests you? And if you're heading in a career direction because it's financially lucrative and that's your primary reason, you might not find the success that you're looking for. Take interviewing. It's easier to be successful in an interview when you're passionate about the field. I remember one very capable student who had interviewed with companies in many fields, but had not been able to secure an internship. And through networking, which is something Eric just mentioned, he received the opportunity to interview with an engineering company whose business was built around this student's favorite athletic pursuit. Well, that passion that he had for that field was so palpable in his interviews, resulted in a job offer for the student, and now he's utilizing all of his engineering experience doing something he loves. That's an excellent example of how people can leverage their alumni network. Is that something that the program actively facilitates in some way? I would say very much so by design, and that's something that improves each and every year. That emphasis on relationship building that we've mentioned and communication and networking, that's something that we implement across our own program's alumni network, across the, across the Purdue Boilermaker Network. We're also a member of a consortium of other engineering management master's programs that affords uh, recurring opportunities for networking as well. It comes back to that relationship building, really plugging in to your professional and frankly, your personal network as well. And I think when we're doing that, the, the financial driver, that piece can fade to the appropriate place in the, in the decision process. When you're doing things like working with other alumni and, and really getting in touch um, with what's most important to you. Absolutely. And, and I think to build on that, Karen, like we're really emphasizing process over outcome. You know, our students join with the outcome in mind, which is entirely valid and, and understandable, but we're really kind of looking at things in a different way. And I think if we have those good processes, then those outcomes arrive, but maybe just in a little bit of a different path than the student anticipated up front. And keeping in mind, you know, whether the student is joining us from another career they've already been building or, or from undergrad, there are those sort of competing factors in their life, whether that's 
family pressure or the, the compensation incentive or, or working for a well-known company, uh, whatever the case might be. But I think if we can get students connected to that intrinsic work that they enjoy, the values that are natural for them and doing work that is challenging and, and satisfying, then all those other elements really fall into place and, and can live in harmony with one another. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge believer in that as well. So thanks for mentioning that. Sometimes too, the struggle in terms of finances is about the decision of whether to work full-time or to go to graduate school. And during the pandemic, we had some students who joined Purdue's Master of Engineering Management program because either they'd lost jobs or job offers had been rescinded. And months later, some of those students were contacted by employers who were now in a position to follow through with job offers. I remember one student in particular who was very conflicted. She was approached and offered a job by an employer who had previously been unable to follow through. Beginning to earn an income was very important to her and her family. But during the short time in our program, her engineering interests had pivoted and her, her view of possible fulfilling career paths had expanded along with her confidence in, in what type of positions she could secure. And so there we offered guidance too, primarily through listening and asking follow-up questions and encouraging her to dialogue with her family and professional contacts. And I'm really happy to say she chose to stay in the program nice. uh, and, is, and is really happy with that decision. I think the other thing that happens is students tend to actually find graduate programs which are located very strategically next to the, the companies or uh, the place that they want to eventually end up in. Have you seen a similar pattern with uh, Purdue as well? <laughs> they pursue? I, this is, I'm chuckling here. We, we get this question a lot. Like you're, you're located in the Midwest of the United States, middle of the state of Indiana. Like who, who is hiring from there? Right. So we're used to this question. You know, I think any perception that you need to be physically present in a specific geographic area to get hired by a company has, has really been false year and a half of experience with the pandemic. And, and frankly, even before that, as far as our experience goes with our program. If we look at how recruiting or interviews are being conducted right now, that, that trend toward more of a digital platform and exchange was, was already there quite prevalently. But the other thing though I, that comes to mind with that question is that if I'm a technical manager, if I'm an HR representative running you know, some version of a private sector company, like I need the top talent that I can find. And I realize that I'm competing for that not even just necessarily within one country, but probably across the globe, depending on the nature of my business. So really, I, I need to find a consistent source where I can get connected with capable future leaders and managers, right, so that I can bring them onto the team and, and help our company then achieve its objectives. And so it's really not at all about geography, it's about talent. And so employers are going after that talent actively and really, and Karen, I'm imagining this is on your mind here too, with this question, like our students are, you know, joining from all over the world, from all over the U S they're here at Purdue in our engineering management program. And then they're going to get those industry work experiences back out all over the United States and over the world. So 
it's a really kind of special environment that way. And geography and proximity don't seem to have a whole lot to do with that success. That, that's great to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think there are any common skills that you find would benefit all graduate students? Something that people should work on actively? That's a great question. What comes to mind is one skill. I'm not sure I would call it a common skill. In fact, it might be a very uncommon skill is what I like to call authentic listening. Mm-hmm. Eric mentioned that we say to our students, we give them the skills and the encouragement to go out there and get that career that they want. And one of the pathways that we utilize for them is approaching strangers through a variety of means to ask for informational interviews and to learn about their career paths and to be building your network that way and and building your concept of what is out there and what is possible. And I'm not at all sure that how to carry on a conversation like that, how to authentically listen to somebody about their journey, about their life, about an experience, and to ask those follow-up questions, those probing questions, and to really keep the focus on somebody else for a period of time, rather than jumping to what's in it for me or let me tell you about me, is something that we really need to work or we really can work on building. And it's, in my opinion, really fun to do. And it's something that you can practice with professional colleagues, but you can practice it with absolutely anyone, your neighbor, your grandmother, you know, somebody that that you're stuck in a, in a subway, perhaps with, you know, put down your phones and and maybe start conversing. So that's certainly one skill that comes to mind. I I, I think that will benefit all of us. So it would make all of us better human beings. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and then just think about how valuable that is to ask that question and then learn from somebody else's life experience. And it's somewhat frustrating when I hear that phrase soft skills, right? Because these are actually foundational skills. You know, if we think about the origins of collaboration and and team building and influencing others and so on, it really comes down ultimately to what Karen mentioned there in terms of listening, you know, and showing interest in others. I think that's just so key. And then another element I would mention is for students to get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable (laughs) and, and not knowing the answer all the time. Intentionally, pursuing a project, whether that's something that you've initiated yourself or, or through your program or through your work, pursue something where you don't necessarily know the outcome or the answer at the beginning, because I think that builds character and confidence. I think that that builds critical thinking uh, and problem solving skills, and that certainly then leads to building a resume as well. So that's another skill that I would mention what all aspiring professionals, I think, may benefit from doing. Absolutely. I think that's been the single most valuable skill, which has kind of taken me through my career so far. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with in terms of how they could approach their decisions? I think it's really valuable to acknowledge and realize that we really do each have an opportunity to create our own future. We don't always make decisions intentionally and and by design but I think if we can get to know ourselves and then be honest with ourselves about really who we are what do we like to do what are we skilled at what are our values 
then I think that just opens the whole world up, not even just personally, but, but also professionally, so that we can make choices that align with who we are. And ultimately, then we're able to be more successful professionals. We're able to feel like we are doing something intrinsically meaningful for ourselves. And I think then that's some kind of recipe for, you know, a memorable and, and meaningful career. That's lovely advice. Yeah, absolutely. I would add too that I think sometimes we tend to think graduate school is primarily for people who are seeking careers in academia. With the growth of professional master's programs, it's a wonderful place for people who see themselves in industry. Graduate school is a great place to, to receive tailored guidance and support and to start forming that professional network that's going to grow with you. Thank you so much, Karen and Eric, for this fantastic interview, for sharing your experiences and those valuable insights. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed our episode, do subscribe to the podcast and check out our show notes, which provide more information on the topics discussed during the episode. Please follow us on LinkedIn at Through the Corporate Glass and on Twitter at Corporate Glass and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our website through the corporate glass.com.